Chapter 12. Seasons of Darkness. With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Isaiah 26, 9. Night appears to be a time especially favorable to devotion. Its solemn stillness helps to free the mind from that perpetual commotion that the cares of the world will bring around it, and the stars looking down from heaven upon us shine as if they would attract us up to God. I don't know how you may be affected by the solemnities of midnight, but when I have sat alone meditating on the great God and the mighty universe, I have felt that indeed I could worship Him, for night seemed to be spread abroad as a very temple for adoration, while the moon walked as high priest amid the stars, the worshippers. I joined in that silent song that they sang unto God. You are great, O God, your works are great. Scripture, when I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou have ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? Psalm 8, 3-4. I find that this sense of the power of midnight not only acts upon religious men, but there is a certain poet whose character I think I could hardly disapprove of too much a man very far from understanding true Christianity, one whom I may, I suppose, justly call an atheist, a reprobate of the worst order. And yet, he says concerning night in one of his poems, "'Tis midnight on the mountains brown, the cold round moon shines deeply down. Blue roll the waters, blue the sky, spreads like an ocean hung on high. Bespangled with those isles of light, so wildly, spiritually bright. Whoever gazed upon them shining, and turned to earth without repining, nor wished for wings to flee away and mix with their eternal ray. Even with the most irreligious person, someone farthest from spiritual thought, it seems that there is some power in the grandeur and stillness of night to draw him up to God. I trust many of us can say with David, I have thought upon you continually. I have meditated upon your name in the night watches, and with desire have I desired your presence in the night. Psalm 63, 6. The Christian does not always have a bright shining sun. He has seasons of darkness and of night. It's true that it is written in God's Word, Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. Proverbs 3.17, and it is a great truth that religion, the true religion of the living God, is calculated to give a person happiness below as well as bliss above. However, experience tells us that if the course of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day, Proverbs 4.18, yet sometimes that light is eclipsed. At certain periods, Clouds and darkness cover the sun, and he beholds no clear shining of the daylight, but walks in darkness and sees no light. There are many people who have rejoiced in the presence of God for a season. They have basked in the sunshine God has been pleased to give them in the earlier stages of their Christian career. They have walked along the green pastures by the side of the still waters. Psalm 23, 2. And suddenly, in a month or two, they find that the glorious sky is clouded. 
Instead of green pastures, they have to tread the sandy desert. In the place of still waters, they find streams disagreeable to their taste and bitter to their spirits. And they say, Surely, if I were a child of God, this would not happen. Oh, do not say so, you who are walking in darkness. Even the best of God's saints have their nights. The dearest of his children have to walk through a weary wilderness. There is not a Christian who has enjoyed perpetual happiness. There is no believer who can always sing a song of joy. Not every lark can always carol. Not every star can always be seen. Not every Christian is always happy. Perhaps the King of Saints gave you a season of great joy at first because you were a raw recruit, and he would not put you into the roughest part of the battle when you had first enlisted. You were a tender plant, and he nursed you in the greenhouse until you could stand severe weather. You were a young child, and therefore he wrapped you in the softest blankets. But now you have become strong, and the case is different. Capuan holidays do not suit Roman soldiers, and they would not agree with Christians. We need clouds and darkness to exercise our faith, to cut off self-dependence and make us put more faith in Christ and less in evidence, less in experience, and less in frames and feelings. The best of God's children, I repeat it again for the comfort of those who are suffering depression of spirits, have their nights. Sometimes it is a night over the whole church at once. There are times when Zion is under a cloud, when the whole fine gold becomes dim and the glory of Zion is departed. There are seasons when we do not hear the clear preaching of the word, when the doctrines are withheld, when the glory of the Lord God of Jacob is dim, when his name is not exalted, and when the traditions of men are taught instead of the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. In such a season, the whole church is dark. Of course, each Christian participates in it. He goes about and weeps and cries, as in Isaiah 56:10, O God, how long will poor Zion be depressed? How long will her shepherds be dumb dogs that cannot bark? Will her watchmen always be blind? Will the silver trumpet sound no more? Will not the voice of the gospel be heard in her streets? Oh, there are seasons of darkness to the entire church. May God grant that we may not have to pass through another, but that starting from this period, the sun may rise never to set, until, like a sea of glory, the light of brilliance will spread from pole to pole. At other times, this darkness over the soul of the Christian rises from worldly distresses. He may have had a misfortune, as it is called. Maybe something has gone wrong in his business, or an enemy has done something against him. Maybe death has struck down a child, or bereavement has snatched away the darling of his heart. Perhaps the crops have failed, or the winds refuse to bear his ships homeward, and one vessel strikes a rock while another is broken apart. Everything seems to go wrong at once, and like one gentleman who called to see me, he may be able to say, Sir, I prospered far more when I was a worldly man than I have done since I have become a Christian, for since then everything has appeared to go wrong with me. I thought that religion had the promise of this life as well as of that which is to come. I told him that Christianity did indeed have that promise in this life and in the next, 
But he must remember that there was one great legacy that Christ left his people, and I was glad he had come in for a share of it. In the world you will have tribulation, but in me you will have peace. John 16:33. Yes, you might be troubled about this. You might be saying, Look at so and so, see how he spreads himself like a green flourishing tree. He is an extortioner and a wicked man, yet everything he does prospers. You may even observe his death and say, He had no pains in his death. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Psalm 73 4 5. God has set them in slippery places, but he cast them down to destruction. Psalm 73 18. It is better to have a Christian's days of sorrow than a worldling's days of mirth. It is better to have a Christian's sorrows than a worldling's joys. It is happier to be chained in a dungeon with a Paul than to reign in the palace with an Ahab. It is better to be a child of God in poverty than a child of Satan in riches. Cheer up then, you downcast spirit, if this is your trial. Remember that many saints have passed through the same, and the best and most eminent believers have had their nights. Christians very frequently have their nights, but a Christian's religion will keep its color in the night. Scripture With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Isaiah 26 9. What a great deal of silver slipper religion we have in this world! People will follow Christ when everyone cries, Hosanna, Hosanna! The multitude will crowd around the man then. And they will take him by force and make him a king when the sun shines and when the soft wind blows. They are like the plants upon the rock, which sprang up and for a little while were green, but when the sun had risen with fervent heat, they immediately withered away. Demas, 2 Timothy 4.10, Mr. Hold the World from Pilgrim's Progress, and a great many others are very pious people in easy times. They will always go with Christ by daylight, and will keep in company as long as fashion gives religion the doubtful benefit of its support, but they will not go with him in the night. There are some things whose color you can only see by daylight, and there are many who profess to follow Christ who only do so in the daylight. If they were in the night of trouble and persecutions, you would find that there was very little in them. They are good by daylight, but they are bad. By night. Do you not know that the best test of a Christian is the night? The nightingale, if she would sing by day when every goose is cackling, would be considered no better a musician than the wren. It has its glory in the night. If a Christian only remained steadfast by daylight, when every coward is bold, what would he be? There would be no beauty in his courage. No glory in his bravery. However, his sincerity is proven because he can sing at night. He can sing in trouble, and he can sing when he is driven nearly to despair. The stars are not visible by daylight, but they become apparent when the sun is set. There are very many Christians whose piety did not burn much when they were in prosperity, but it will be known in adversity. I have noticed it in some of my brethren when they were in deep trial. 
I had not heard them talk much about Christ before, but when God's hand robbed them of their comfort, I remember that I could see their Christianity infinitely better than I could before. Nothing can bring our religion out better than that. Grind the diamond a little, and you will see it glisten. Only let a Christian have a little trouble, and his endurance through that trouble will prove him to be of the true seed of Israel. All that the Christian wants in the night is his God. With my soul have I desired thee in the night. By day there are many things that a Christian will desire besides his Lord, but in the night he wants nothing but his God. I cannot understand how it is, unless it is to be accounted for by the corruption of our spirit, that, when everything goes well with us, we are setting our affection first on this object, and then on another, and then on another. And that desire that is as insatiable as death, and as deep as hell, never rests satisfied. We are always wanting something, always desiring something more. However, if you place a Christian in difficulty, you will find that he does not want gold then, and he does not want carnal honor. He then wants his God. I suppose he's like the sailor when he sails along smoothly and has fair weather, and wants this and that to amuse himself with on deck. But when the winds blow, all that he wants is the haven. He does not desire anything else. The biscuit may be moldy, but he doesn't care. The water may be bitter, but he doesn't care. He doesn't think of it in the storm. He only thinks about the haven then. That is how it is with the Christian. When he is going along smoothly, he wants this and that comfort. He is pursuing this position or is wanting to obtain this and that promotion. But let him once doubt his interest in Christ, let him once get into some distress of soul and trouble so that it is very dark, and all he will feel then is, With my soul have I desired thee in the night. When the child is put upstairs to bed, he may lie while the light is there and look at the trees that shake against the window and admire the stars that are coming out. But when it gets dark and the child is still awake, he cries for his parents. He cannot be content with anything else. In the same way, in daylight, the Christian will look at anything. He will cast his eyes around on this pleasure and on that. But when the darkness gathers, it is, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Psalm 22. 1.